Good morning and welcome to today's oil market update with Callum McPherson. How are you doing today, Callum? Very well, yourself? Yeah, pretty good, thank you. Not too bad. So Brent has finally made a proper break through $70 per barrel. Um, but let's first talk about last week's OPEC meeting. Uh, what happened there? Well, a relatively brief meeting, really. I mean, OPEC reaffirmed its existing plans. So production will increase uh, this month by around 700,000 barrels per day. Uh, that, that includes the, the OPEC unwinding of OPEC, a bit of OPEC cut, plus unwinding of a bit of a voluntary Saudi cut and, and a similar amount last month, uh, next month in, in July. Uh, and, and that will be it for the for, for, for the um, schedule of cuts that, that is, uh, sorry, the, the schedule of increases that, that have so far been announced. Um, this will complete the unwinding of the Saudi cut, voluntary cut, uh, additional cut of a million barrels per day, as, as well as um, adding in the two million barrels per day that um, OPEC originally planned to introduce at the start of, the, of this year. Um, um, uh, but, but obviously that's had to be delayed because of uh, increasing COVID cases. Um, so so that, that's it for now. They, they made no comment about what will happen after that. Um, so in the absence of any other information, we'd probably have to assume that they're going to continue doing these regular meetings. Uh, we have another one at the start of next month. Um, and we'll decide to add further barrels potentially, depending on how demand evolves. So we talked often about the significance of Brent actually closing at over $70 per barrel. Uh, and this happened after the OPEC meeting last Tuesday. Why was that? Well, this is the first time since Brent's actually closed over $70 per barrel since, since 2019. So yeah, as you say, this is, uh, I think, a pretty significant technical event. Um, I mean, arguably, the OPEC meeting shouldn't have changed anything because it really just reaffirmed existing plans. There was nothing new in, in the meeting. Um, and, and that was really what the market was in, expecting. So it should have been it should have been uh, neutral. One thing that did come up in the press conference, though, was the IEA's recently published uh, Net Zero Roadmap. Um, and that talks about, of course, the, the phasing out of oil and, and about how quickly that needs to happen in, in order to limit um, climate change. And, uh, um, if, well, I, I mean, they, they, they actually said that, that the IEA was in, in la-la land with this kind of uh, um, projection. And, and I, I suspect that OPEC feel that uh, oil demand is going to continue uh, going to continue to be significant for, for, for longer than the IEA and others expect. Um, and, and in combination with the divestment movement from listed oil producers, um, that, that this is going to leave them with greater control over, over pricing. Uh, and that would tend to be bullish over, for prices. But, but that's, that's, I think, a longer term thing. I, so what I suspect is more likely to, to, to explain the, the jump higher uh, after the OPEC meeting and the fact that Brent's continued to, to trade over 70 is, is that just simply with the OPEC meeting out of the way, um, that removes the possible risk that OPEC may have decided to, to, to uh, announce that they would add more uh, barrels to the market in in the coming months, and so 
I, I guess bulls just felt that with that risk out of the way, that now they they have free reign to invest, and, and that helps to give them Brent's momentum needed to to push through the, the level and stay above it. Okay, and just picking up on the point about longer term demand, how do you think the fundamentals will shape up going forward? Well, I think we've got really two time horizons to consider. Um, the second half of this year, and then what what happens beyond that. And I think for the for the remainder of this year, the the main question so far as uh, continued demand recovery is really about aviation. So aviation would have been a, a 10% roughly of, uh, of global oil demand in the pre-COVID world. Um, and, and, but it's, it's nothing like those, those levels at the moment. And, and so it's really the one main remaining sector that, that remains severely disrupted. I don't think there's any other sector you could look at and say that its oil demand is still you know, 50% or, or less of where it was before, before COVID. And I think if we were talking a few months ago, we might have been expecting that uh, international travel was going to get really get started again over the summer. Um, because of the strong vaccine rollouts and so on. But that that looks uh, sort of increasingly un unlikely to, to happen, really because of the the Delta or Indian variant um, uh, and, and the way that is spreading. Of course, we we know this is this is now the dominant strain in the UK. It's, it's thought to be 40 percent more transmissible, according to the, the government, uh, than the the Alpha variant, the, the UK variant. Um, but this is now present in, in many countries, so it seems seems likely that it will come to dominate elsewhere too. So the consequence of that is that even in the countries where we have very strong um, vaccine rollouts, as, as we have here, that there is still great hesitancy about having a full opening up to international travel. And, and I think that's going to be the, the, the challenge for, for, the, for aviation. Uh, and I think this does raise question marks over the demand forecasts for the remainder of this year, which have generally penciled in significant increases in demand. Um, however, uh, as those forecasts require output to increase significantly in the second half, the, the market only really needs OPEC not to add more barrels than, than it is already planned to balance the market. Um, if those demand increases don't materialise. The only sticking point, so that would be fine, um, but, but the only sticking point, of course, is, is Iranian oil coming back. So if we have a situation where the, um, the, um, the Delta variant does continue to limit this, this, uh, the, the increase in demand over the second half of this year, and we get Iranian barrels coming back into the market, then, then we could have a problem. So I think that's really the downside scenario for, for, for oil in the second half of this year. Um, looking beyond that, though, this really goes back to the, the, the point um, we, we just talked about in the, the IEA's, um, relating to the IEA's roadmap and, and the, uh, for net zero and the OPEC meeting. Um, because really this raises the question marks about the about the availability of capital for listed oil producers to continue maintaining or, or let alone increasing um, their output in the years ahead. Um, there was underinvestment uh, in, in uh, production ahead of COVID 
obviously that, that got worse during COVID. Uh, and, and now, even with oil prices higher, um, there are these new sort of ESG related um, pressures on, on, on producers. And the recent court decision on Shell being perhaps a, a particularly good example of that. And uh, as the OPEC seem to be uh, feeling, this this could give OPEC plus, which is essentially made up of national oil companies. And I, I include Russia in, in that because uh, even though their oil companies are notionally uh, separate from the state, but I think in effect they're, they're national oil companies. So it really gives these the, the OPEC plus, which is national, made up of national oil companies, greater um, pricing power. Uh, and, and then the question is, well, is it going to use that to, to push oil to significantly higher levels? Are we going to see oil trading over 100 again, as, as, as we did for a number of years uh, in the last decade? Uh, and I, I, certainly there's potential of that, although I think that OPEC are going to be wary of what happened with, with shale, um, where keeping uh, oil at sustained high levels led to a degree of innovation and investment in new output that they clearly hadn't anticipated, um, which led then to many years of oil being in the doldrums. So I, th I think that uh, the, the outlook um, for, the, for the market remains positive and is potentially positive also for the second half of this year. Although there's certainly put some uh, potential for wobbles along the way, and and key is going to be this interplay between whether the demand recovery continues versus the speed at which Iranian barrels return to the market. Lovely. Thank you for the update, Karen. Thanks, Toby.